everyone, welcome back to the Earthdawn Survival Guide, the podcast for all disciplines, paths, players, and game masters. With your questers, Josh and Dan, I am Dan. I am Josh. And on today's podcast, we will be discussing all things Parlanthical, as we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to break down one of the first adventures in the Parlanth Adventures book, Blood Pact. Yes, this is being recorded just a couple of days after our live show at FredoniaCon. We are both a little bit punchy. So we're going to do a couple of quick episodes. <laughs> we were originally maybe looking at doing both of these in one episode, but we decided that we would make give ourselves a kind of easy night and do two short episodes, each covering one. Yeah. Which I think for like archive and tracking down purposes may actually end up being easier for people because, mm -hmm. because. And the YouTube playlists also help out, so. Yeah, maybe. This will, this will but before we get into that, we're going to talk about a thing that we were talking about in the live show. Yes. So I figured out where, so we were asked the question, I brought, somebody brought up, maybe it was me, I don't know, somebody else brought up, somebody, was there, there was a question that came in about resources in Haven. Right, Matthew. Where food and water came from. Matthew, yes. So yes. I remembered that there was a well in Parlanth. I figured out where that idea came from. It's a two-part two-part thing. First off, I looked at the map, and as you walk into part, as you walk into Haven from the lower right-hand corner of the map, you know, southeast. My directions are good, and they may not be. Uh, you walk in the path a little bit, and there's this round structure, and it looks like a brick wall, which usually indicates a well. And when I ran this adventure. Before the fourth edition book was ever published, there were only five things listed there, and they were all like taverns and Torgax and Vartigals, lore exchange, and so forth and so on. So this thing wasn't labeled. So I looked at it and said, that looks like a well to me, number one. So that's where I kind of came up with that idea. I needed it to be a well because I ran Blood Pact first, but my party was not in par length. I needed to get them there. And so what Blood Pact does is... Um, I needed to taint the well water with the horror. And so somebody traveled out of, out of Haven with tainted well water. They were touched. They encountered my party. They tracked it back. So I gotcha. had to modify the adventure for my own personal needs. It worked really well. Nobody questioned it. It was fine. Um, that's where I had the idea for the well. Two part. That makes sense. And I can understand that. And that's fine. <laughs> the fourth edition map update? yeah the original map of haven in the parlength box set does not label that thing it seems if you look at the relative scale that it is awfully big for a well yeah. if you look at it compared to to like other structures and stuff it's there. the only well in town well, i figured it Which had is to be huge. fine like again <laughs> Whatever modifications you chose to make and however you made the, the place your own is fine. It's just that the fourth edition update for Legends of Bar Save labeled that structure and made it Trident Keep. Hence Fair. the sort of confusion that everyone was having because they're like, well, on the map, it's already labeled as the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this so, is Earth Dawn. No. I figure we can have a, a tower structure above a well. We're magical enough. We can figure out that how that structure works. That'd actually be a cool looking picture. Long story short, Dan yes. was remembering something that he came up with on his own, which is yes. perfectly fine. Yep. And it does not appear that there is in any discussion about where the community 
mainly gets its water from. Fair. No argument here on that. <laughs> no anyway. argument at all. Anyway, so that's where that whole thing came from. Matthew, I hope that answers your question. If anyone wants to modify it the way I did, knock yourself out because I didn't do anything all that special. Anyway, uh, I still think a tower above a well would be a really cool picture to see. I don't know. No, no, no. I'm not the artist that can draw that out. Anyway, so the first adventure listed in the Parlinth Adventures is called Blood Pact, uh, written by Tiuwin, which I don't know if that's got to be somebody's moniker, nom de plume, something like that. I think the full, the individual's first full name is Tiuwin Woodruff. Wow. For some reason, right. the last name, and it may be that they were not going by that at the time that this was published. Fair. But I recognize the name because they worked on other Earth Dawn stuff as well. Cool. And I, I seem to recall Woodruff being the last name that is usually associated with that. That makes sense. So this is also written for six to eight players of second to third circle. So some experience necessary when you're going into Haven and or Parlaint, because this one takes place mostly in Haven. I think all four of them take place mostly in Haven, but you dabble a little bit here and there into Parlaint. And these are, of course, all small adventures so that you can dip your wick, get your foot wet, whatever the case may be, and then eventually perhaps expand upon this into a longer adventure uh, into the depths of Parlaint yourself. So uh, this one starts at the map wall in Haven. And I like that there's an overall theme to this. So if you are running this one as a game master, try, I can't say bombard them, but try and just remind people of the theme. And it basically is, there's a vulnerability of youth and the responsibility of the strong to protect the weak. I like that in here. Again, we're trying to build heroes in Earth Dawn. Yes. So it's very nice. So this basically has like six parts to it. Jason, is that how you want to say it? Or is it Jasom? J-A-S-O-M. So it's Jason. Like, like, yeah, Jason. It's like Jason with an M instead. Uh, he's a six-year-old kid. He touches Mind Trap's blood. This is where I tweaked it and he poisoned the well instead. So Mind Trap's blood got into the well instead. Uh, but this is actually painted on the map wall. So Sek uh, Sekra used, it as, used his blood as paint to paint on the map wall. And... Jason just kind of happens to touch it. He knew he shouldn't have, but he did anyway. Uh, he mistook it for paint and therefore collapses because he's six and doesn't really have any um, mental preparedness for fighting off the horror who's now infecting his mind. Uh, so his older sister, Jezra, only two years older, uh, is trying to take care of him. And you need to play investigative reporter. This is where CSI bar safe comes into play with evidence analysis a lot for the party that I, that I ran this through. So, Jezra, the older sister, saw Sekra leave the wall moments before her brother collapsed. So it's like a one, two, three, these things happen. And if you do the right kind of questions, you can figure this whole thing out. And so uh, you have to otherwise, otherwise, ask around the restless troll and track down Sekra within Haven. Yes. So before we get into that... Let's do a little bit of what has come before, because you just tossed around a lot of stuff without setting Absolutely. any kind of context. Now, obviously, no, no, no. player characters will not have <laughs> the context when they come into this, but so that people understand what we're talking about. Go for it. There is a horror known as Mind Trap, mm -hmm. and it has corrupted, co-opted, 
done something to a Tuscrang named Sekra, who has been given some of Mind Trap's blood, because when people come in contact with it, they are able to be influenced and their souls kind of pulled in, their yeah. minds pulled in and, and taken over by the horror. Yeah. Sekra manages to find a loophole in the instructions that he was given. Mm hmm. And uses the blood to paint on the map wall. And by coming into contact with the blood, this child sets out the discovery path of what is going on. Yeah. So Mind Trap works kind of like a virus because Sekra and their party were in par length. The rest of the party didn't make it. And so Mind Trap decided to infect Sekra and then let them back loose to possibly spread more, just like a virus and a host. So just so everybody gets the, the generalized idea there. So after a while, and this, this, now that you have the threads of what you're supposed to be looking for as a party, you can explore Haven to the nth degree to find Sekra. You can explore Haven to find where, if you want to, this is also kind of like a choose your own adventure. You can decide to take Jezra and Jason home if you want to, because Je uh, Jezra may not be able to carry Jason on their own. So this is what my party did is they actually escorted them all the way home. But then they had to find Sekra after that to question the Tuscrang as to what was going on. So there's a lot of investigation, a lot of R-O-L-E playing your character and questioning and resolution of some minor plot threads there. So once you get to Audra's house, she's the mom, uh, get them home and maybe get the kid to recuperate a little bit, talk to her a little bit, uh, see what's going on. She's got a magic item, I believe. Is it her or Sekra had the magic item? I forget which one. It's been a long time. Anyway, we'll talk about the magic item later. But Sekra, this, this is the opportunity for the Game Master to play a little bit off kilter. So is the Descrang is slightly going mad, and they uh, is plotting to avenge her slain friends in par length, doesn't quite know how to go about it yet, needs to find the right people. Uh, but during question and answer time, again, more investigation, this is going to be interesting answers on Sekra's part. So the Game Master gets to have a lot of fun playing some a tweaked individual who is a little paranoid, a little vengeful, a little scared, a little just not a little broken. in the right headspace. Yeah, very broken. One of the things that can be a potential stumbling block when it comes to dealing with those who have been mentally broken by the horrors mm -hmm. in some capacity is to try and evoke a certain amount of pathos and empathy without descending into parody or silliness. Yeah. And being cognizant of existing tropes and stigmas and portrayals of mental illness within media in general. Yeah. Now, obviously, a lot of this may depend on the, the type of game you're running, the tone of game you're running. But I think when you are dealing with victims of the horrors, when you are dealing with Sekra in this particular adventure, mm -hmm. it may be a little frustrating to talk to them. It may be a little bit difficult to deal with them because of their broken mental state. 
but there should be a, a sense of loss and sorrow and pathos, again, for yeah. lack of a better term, rather than, oh, here's the kooky kind of broken crazy person because they got a horror in their head. Yeah. I'm reminded of the horror scarred madman NPC that shows up in, I think it's in the Game Master's book of the Barsay box set, mm -hmm. where like one of the quotes is, stop looking at my rock, which is yeah. out of left field, kind of left field, kind of silly. And I think part of that is that it doesn't necessarily have any real context around it. Mm -hmm. You know, again, a lot of it depends on tone. A lot of it depends on the style of game that you're playing. But it's just something that I see a character like this. And as someone who is cognizant of tropes and representations and all sorts of stuff is one of those things that makes me go, hmm, yeah, this is something that would perhaps should be dealt with certainly from a writing slash development standpoint mm -hmm. is something that I would want to approach with care and caution. Yeah. Care and, and dignity for lack, you know, to perhaps choose a term to yeah. recognize that despite their condition, despite their victimhood, they are still a person and yeah. deserving of the empathy that, they should warrant. That we would want to be extended, perhaps, if we were in that same situation. Absolutely. Sekra is a victim who is coping with, A, the loss of all their friends, B, now the mental instability, and C, not sure what steps to take next. And so when, and it will be a when, when the party gets to question Se Sekra, there are some answers already in the book for you in the Parliament Adventures. And so there's a guideline or some guidance as to what kind of tone to take, how scrambled the words should be, maybe an underlining meaning so that the game master who's read the whole adventure will know what these lines mean that Sekra is going to say, and the party will not necessarily be able to, you know, match point A to point B to point D to point H <laughs> in Sekra's, right. you know, uh, troubled mind at the moment. So it is a troubled mind, but one that probably could be saved. So after all that, you can decide to help. You can decide not to help. Then there's the catch, which is within a day or two, the mom is now comatose because they got infected by mind trap as well, dealing with her son. So now you've got two reasons. And now if you choose not to help, A, bad heroes, B, now you're leaving this little girl to tend to her ailing mom and her ailing brother. So it's a little railroady but I understand this is how horrors also work. And so that's what you're here to do is this is the, this is the teaser. This is the hook. Everybody should take the bait at this point. If you didn't already, already take the bait, you've now doubled the, the circumstances. Right. So, uh, then really it all breaks down into getting into the twists and hunting the horror. That's it. It's a real simple premise very easy. This is, I think, where you could stretch out the adventure. Since it's meant to be a short one, it's only like 9, 10, 12 pages. Exploring par length in the twists, this is where I think you could stretch it out if you wanted to. Broaden it a smidge. Not entirely sure how. You've run more of these than I have. But that's pretty much it. Unless there's any 4th edition updates to the stats you want to see, or any changes you'd like to make to the, the major plot line. Yeah. 
the horrors stats are reasonable, I think, taking a quick look at them from a first edition, second and third circle characters, which is what is sort of yeah. recommended for this. Mm-hmm. The defense ratings are are in a decent place for that. Physical defense of 13, spell defense of 10, mystic, aka mystic defense of 10. Yeah. They're on the higher end, but this is a horror. This is a nasty thing. It is the only combat, really, in this entire adventure. It does have multiple attacks at an attack step of 10. So its it's attacks will be roughly equivalent to the defenses of the higher characters. Mm -hmm. It's got some spells as well. Its spell casting is 18, which is rough, which means its its spells are likely to hit. And it's yep. got Crushing Will. It's got Razor Orb. Ooh. It's got Vines. It's got some nasty spells. Yeah. It's not that fast. Looking at, like, first edition step, step numbers, its full movement is only 50. Yeah. Combat move of 25, which in first edition is, is kind of on the slower end of things. Fair. It's got a dexterity step of four, but all of its other... Attribute steps are double digits. <laughs> it's got 12 armor and seven mystic armor. Again, in first edition, the armor ratings tended to be a little bit higher because you had the armor defeating hits yep. that would completely ignore that, that would go through. I think a group of six to eight third circle characters would probably take some damage fighting this. This would be a tough yeah. fight, but I think it's eminently doable. Yeah. To deal with that. Again, the, the roughest part is the fact that it's got four attacks and and three spells, if I'm remembering how the first edition stat blocks work, which means on its turn, right. it's going to be doing quite a lot of stuff, although it would still need to weave threads. So I think some of those spells do have threads or multiple threads, and it mm-hmm. needs to use one of its spell casting actions in order to weave a thread. Yeah, four attacks per turn, you're right. And three spells that it can cast. So, yeah. Oof. I seem to recall that if the spells replaced its regular actions, that the spells would be in parentheses. Hmm. Um, okay. I seem to recall that being the the stat block thing. I'm not going to grab my first edition book to, to double check, yeah, but I think no. that's how it worked. But, yeah, it's got decent armor. It's got a high wound threshold, so wounds aren't likely to happen unless you get a really good damage roll. It's mm. got a knockdown step of 28, so oh. even if you actually do manage to cause a wound... It is not likely to be knocked down by it. Yeah. It's got 19 points of karma with a karma step of 16. So yeah. you could really ruin somebody's day with mm-hmm. that if you wanted to. I always kind of viewed horror karma as something that you bring in if for some reason things seem to be going too easily for the group. Yeah. I rather so. than something that you just bring in willy nilly. Mm hmm. Again, a lot of that will depend on the tone of game that you're running. You are dealing with par length and the horrors. I wouldn't necessarily want to say that maybe you want to make an example of someone. (laughs) But that would certainly be a way to do it, would be to have it make one of its physical attacks and dump karma into the attack test. Yeah. What do you think about the legend point payout for for Mind Trap? Only 4,700. A little low, a little high? I don't know. Fair. I would need to compare it to other things to get a sense of whether that is fair or not. I'm presuming, perhaps, that the legend point total there is based on 
the legend point guidelines from the Creatures of Barsave book, but I have no Sounds idea right. whether that's actually the case or not. That's fine. I just figured I would double check because we're, we're going to talk about all the stats. We talk about all the stats just in case for a fourth edition update, if there would be one. But the interesting part is the... So dealing with mind trap, going through the twists. Like I said, the other only other way I expanded this is my party was not in par length. This is how I got them to par length. And that extended the adventure as well. Cause I got to do, uh, they got to do riverboat travel. So uh, uh, combat encounter or two on the way pirates, whatever. So I, ex- I extended it that way. Yeah. And that's cool. And there's stuff that you could perhaps have as other things going on in the twists when they're delving towards mind traps lair if you want to change things up or you know have some other kind of encounters or environmental stuff going on there my only quibble with the change that you made to it that's fine is that by making the corruptive thing being in the water supply yeah that feels to me especially if the group isn't there to pick up on the problem can cause a lot of difficulty that's a lot more spreadable mm-hmm. and able to affect a lot of people compared to a little bit of blood on the wall that the kid accidentally touches Agreed. with the discovery of that there. Again, as long as you're sort of thinking through the consequences of that, I think it's fine. I knew that the elementalists in the party had purify water. And I was hoping they pulled off a really right, but that doesn't help all of the people in Haven that would have potentially been using that water source before they get there. I know. So I also laced in rumors of other people having the same problem in comatose. So it was a okay. wider spread problem. I had that in there. The other and thing so they, is, they is needed that to find mind trap in a hurry. <laughs> again, a, an issue with the okay, I'm using this to get them to par length. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is a need for a certain amount of speed on this. And if the group is not there, that changes the severity and timeline of things a, a certain amount. Agreed. Again, if you are thinking through the consequences of that and how serious a problem this is, mm-hmm. fantastic. I'm pretty sure that the me of a decade ago did. Yeah. The other thing that I noticed is that in the first encounter – where Jason touches the blood and, and succumbs to the horror's influence. Yeah. It gives player characters a little bit of plot protection in that it mentions that if any of the player characters touch the blood on the wall, which is still active and can still affect people, they get yep. kind of a flash and an impression of what it is like in there, but they are not subsumed by the horror because otherwise they're out of the adventure for the rest of it. Yeah. It says, oh, make a spell casting test. And if it's successful, this happens. I wouldn't even necessarily make the test. Mm -hmm. I would just have that be the result and hand wave the, it's a young kid. You managed to resist it. Yeah. But the kid did not because it's a kid. Exactly. Maybe again, depending on the way you're playing your game, maybe roll the dice behind your screen, (laughs) but kind of disregard the result. I know that there there are various schools of thought on that. You know, why roll the dice if you already know what the result's going to be. Yeah. But yeah, like overall, again, a nice short, probably one evening's worth of of gaming. Yeah. A little bit of investigation, a little bit of role playing and interaction, and then a tough fight against a singular opponent that granted has multiple actions. So the action economy isn't completely out of whack in it. Yeah. And appearance. Now, I don't remember actually. 
Hold on. You're talking the magic. The item? butter spider box. Yeah, the the butter spider oh, yeah. box. There's a there's a treasure card for it, and then this is the I think the first appearance of it in an actual adventure. No, well, the oh. butter spider box actually does appear in the par length box set. Yeah, yeah, that was the adventure. That was the treasure card I was thinking of. Right. Yeah. It so it shows up there, and then it appears in this um, in this adventure, mm-hmm. just as a thing that Jason's mom Audra happens to have this and yeah. can offer it as a reward for what they got, which is a pretty sweet reward. No kidding. All things this is, considered. This is a badass. This is a badass treasure. One of my players did walk away with this at the end because uh, they they rescued everybody. Everybody's fine. Uh, and Audra gave it to them because she didn't entirely know exactly how it worked. But they were like, we'll take this. Uh, the interesting thing. Because there's a butter carving contest every year, you can go on the internet and find a spider carved out of butter picture to actually hand to people instead of the art that's included. Not that the artist didn't do a good job, but I like finding real pictures of spiders carved out of butter. Yeah. I'm the just... butter spider box is a really sweet recovery item. Oh, yeah. Really sweet. Oh, yeah. I the sneeze forget... Update that for fourth edition? We did. There's an update to the Butter Spider box in the Haven Volume 1, the Legends of Barsafe collection, Haven Volume 1. Nice. Does it still have seven ranks? Because this sucker took up an entire page. It was awesome. Yeah. So the one difference that I notice is that the original version of the Butter Spider box gives a free recovery test. The version in the compendium, when they get touched with it, they make a recovery test, but it doesn't it doesn't spend one. So they are still getting a free one. It just doesn't give them one that they can hold on to to power, say, fire blood or or some other recovery test powered ability. It just, hey, congratulations, roll your dice and heal up. But then the bonuses. The effects. It provides a pretty nice bonus as you get things higher up uh, in recovery test. It also doesn't have the uh, the blatant restore somebody from the dead ability in the revision. Oh, uh, rank seven? <laughs> yeah. It does allow the regeneration of limbs or the recovery of from like withered limb effects. Mm-hmm. It's a neat little kind of weird item. Yeah. I appreciate it because it was vastly different than just sword, shield, spell book, spell staff, whatever. So it's, it's completely, you know, left turn into the magical treasure type things. So I liked that. What I would do if, so you said the, the plot armor that the, if there, if it was an adventurer, one of the uh, player characters touched the blood and so forth, I would just make it tougher every single day to resist the effects of mind trap. And so, you know, once or twice a day, sun up, sun down, roll your spell casting or your whatever, and just try and resist it. And so three or four days in, you start to go a little bit batty. Yeah, I don't feel that the time frame of the adventure as presented really makes that worthwhile. Fair. Unless you extend the amount of time for them to reach Mind Trap's lair, but it's made fairly clear that Mind Trap has gotten kind of as close to Haven as it can. Yeah. So that it's not clear on the other side of the city. Yeah. It's on the twists side of things. That, I uh, suspect because it mentions that the boy touches the blood in mm-hmm. the morning. 
Yep. And so I suspect that all of this takes place in the span of a, of a day. Agreed. It's that's my guess. Yeah. You're, you're going against a ticking clock to take care of the kid, his mom, probably anybody else, just in case, if you ran it my way. Right. But that's again, just pointing out the narrative difficulty of every day, the test gets more difficult. Fair. The adventure might not last long enough for that to be worthwhile. Fair. What you might be able to do is perhaps, and I don't know that it's mentioned specifically, it does have the horror mark power. Yeah. Which could potentially allow you to do things like Mm -hmm. communication and whatnot to make it clear. Maybe give the impression that if the horror mark from touching the blood is successful, then the horror has the option of drawing you in and it may not want to. Yeah. And it may make that explicit as a, (laughs) you are now connected to me and I could do to you what I did to that child. Or then when they're meeting with Sekra. Yeah. Look what has become of this one who tried to resist me. Yes. Kind of getting that, that monologuing villain that I think was, would might be the best way to handle that rather than just have it be anyone who touches the blood gets sucked into this thing. Yeah. Anyone who touches the blood gets marked and the mark allows the horror to use soul trap Mm. at a distance. Yeah. No, no, no. I ran this 10, 15 years ago. So by all means, give me newer ideas and give somebody else other options. I don't know that I ever actually ran this one. If I did, it was only once and I don't recall any specifics. Fair. I still have my highlighted notes in the book. So I've marked my book up completely in a margin note, crib notes here and there. So yeah, I, I remember this one. Um, I remember all four of the ones I ran in Parlanth because it was like the last time I, I strung all of these together. Later, I'll tell you which order they came in. This one was first because like I said, I had to get people to Parlanth. So I appreciate your updates to what I ran and your ideas uh, that other people can use as well because we're doing not just here's how the adventure should work, but here's how it could also work if you want to do these things and tweak it this way and that way. So we've we've bent this like origami and we'll unfold it on this podcast. Any other thoughts on this one? None Fair. others on this. Again, yeah. a, a nice little short, flavorful, horror-centric adventure that has a good amount of investigation and role-playing and then one really tough fight. Agreed. And that's... All you need. So this is your introduction to Parlane. This is not a bad one. Yeah. I like it pretty well. So uh, until next time, folks, go find the Butter Spider box for your legend. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.